As Americans, we often hear about the horror that is communism. However, in recent years, we have heard the term being used more and more. Join us today as we talk about communism. The concept of communism has existed for thousands of years. However, the idea of communism as we know it came about in 1848. A man by the name of Karl Marx authored a political pamphlet called the Communist Manifesto. The first section of the Manifesto, Bourgeois and Proletarians, explains the materialist conception of history that the history of all hitherto existing society is the history of class struggles. Societies have always taken the form of an oppressed majority exploited under the yoke of an oppressive minority. In capitalism, the industrial working class or proletariat engage in class struggle against the owners of the means of production, the bourgeoisie. According to In Engels and Marx, this will end the emergence of a society owned by the workers. As everything is, execution is what makes a difference. The first state to use the ideas of Marx in practice was the Soviet Union. The USSR came to existence in 1922, and since then, geopolitical conflicts have been centered on capitalism versus communism. Pure communism has the ultimate goal of establishing a communist society. In this type of society, the socio-economic structure is centered on common ownership of the means of production, with the absence of social classes, money, and the state. As Knoll said, execution is what matters to institute a proper communist system. The Soviet Union, which was the world's first communist government, was established by a man named Lenin. Lenin was a devout follower of the words of Marx and Engels. Lenin died in 1924, just two years after the establishment of the Soviet Union. A man by the name of Stalin took over the Union, and any of Marx's concepts quickly went to dirt. As we said, the concepts of the working class controlling the means of production were not in practice. Stalin ruled the Union with an iron fist, and instead of removing the state, state power was only enhanced. Additionally, the people of Russia did not have freedom of speech or the press like we do in the United States. They also did not have the right to bear arms, and therefore could not overthrow Stalin. Quite literally, every communist government has turned into the way that we basically describe. Although we may just be students, any logical person can realize that a government, such as the one Marx and Engels wrote about, simply could not function. The first part that could not work would be the lack of currency. Everything has a cost to it, because there's labor involved in every good and service. If you do not pay people, they will not have incentive to work. People are paid on based on how they work. For example, let's say you buy an Under Armour t-shirt at a clothes store. The money that you gave to buy the t-shirt is used to pay the employees at the store and to buy the products which sustains the store. Like the t-shirt you just bought. Now back at the Under Armour company, the people who the store bought the shirt from, they use the money to pay their workers and to sustain their business. Whatever is left is the profit that the company takes. 
If the money does not exist, then the store will make no money and its employees will not have a job. And then Under Armour will have no money and its employees will not have a job because there's no one to buy the shirts from them. This is why we have money. Some people make the case that it is unfair to others that some make more money than others do. But in this case, it makes a lot of sense. For example, take a doctor. Doctors make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And let's look at someone from McDonald's. They make a couple of dollars an hour. The reason that a doctor makes so much money is that they had to get a lot of education for their job. And the nature of their job is more difficult and much more important than, say, working at McDonald's. That is what causes wage differences. And it is true in some cases that people are overpaid or underpaid. But if so, science, society will eventually correct that. The second thing wrong with communism is that there's a lack of the state. Without government, there is simply anarchy. The purpose of government is to protect the people. In exchange for protection, we give them some of our rights. That is the basic principle of the social contract. As Jefferson said, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. A successful government draws its powers from the people, much like ours. Jefferson also said that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such form. The purpose of government is not to control, as we saw in the Soviet Union. That is exactly what the government did. Government's purpose is to protect. The final issue with the manifesto is that Marx and Engels promote the absence of social classes. The class divide exists because of primarily a difference in income, which, as we explained, is perfectly reasonable. A class divide does not, however, justify discrimination against one another because of their social standing. You're probably watching and thinking, these characters have no right to criticize a communist society. They've never lived in one. And you are right. I've never lived in a communist society, and nor do I ever intend to. However, I can indeed claim that I have a living tie to communism, that being my family. And Marcos can say the same, even more than I can. My family is from a country called Sri Lanka. Although Sri Lanka never came under direct communist government, there were a series of insurrections against the government of Sri Lanka. These insurrections occurred in 1971 and again in 1987 through 1989. The communists took over the majority of the country. My parents and their parents were caught in one of the communist-held zones. My mother recalled that as a little girl, there was a total blackout and how her family was ready in case anything happened. The communists killed all who disagreed with them, politicians, journalists, anyone. Experts believe that the JPP, who were the Communist Party, killed at least 30 politicians, 23 academics, one member of the clergy, two government officials, and 89 civilians directly, and attribute thousands of other deaths to various militias. We live in a society where we can believe whatever we want, and I would not have it any other way. My parents both came from an oppressive communist society. My mother lived in Armenia and Russia at the time of the USSR and witnessed its collapse at the age of 18. She remembers everything from people starving to the KGB raiding houses. My father lived in Romania during the Romanian Communist Party and witnessed the tyranny of Nicolae Ceausescu. He had to flee Romania going through treacherous conditions, traveling from Romania to Italy, 
and even being imprisoned in Czechoslovakia for treason against the communists. It was not until the death of Ceausescu that Romania became a good place for its citizens. This shows how bad it became. People were willing to die to get out of the society. These examples, although secondhand, are still examples of the things people had to go through. Anyone who would wish this on their country is not a patriot. The fact that people still believe in this ideology is a memorizing example of repeating history. It is important that as Americans, we never let this happen to us. Thank <laughs> you.